0: To Kashvis on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashvis Magazine. And tonight we have a very interesting show, including a number of important issues we're going to take up here now. And when you'll want to, you can call in. So scribble down the number, 718 683 5858, or text us at 347 927 8398 whatever you'd like to talk about in the area of we Um As far as the program tonight, we're going to cover a number of different items. You want to open it up for me? I, okay, I'm sorry. Um, first, I want to start with the refrigerator story. The last two weeks we mentioned refrigerators and the unique problems that exist today. I, over, the, over these last two weeks, I've learned more about refrigerators than I know about almost anything else. Uh, I'm not playing to do airplanes, but refrigerators, I definitely learned a tremendous amount. And still, I feel I know nothing because I'm not an electrical engineer. But I'd like to share with you, taking a little history uh, from the last two weeks, what we've done and what we're up to now, and where we're going from here. Two weeks ago, we had on the, a guest on the show... His name was Moshe uh, David and he, he worked uh, with a company that does, uh, uh, that, that he works with a company that does uh, equi- appliance repair and this, this report that he had was about the problems dealing with the, uh, re- with the refrigerators of today. And he basically said in the last couple of years it's pretty widespread and it covers basically all the models. Uh, at the same time, he, he made it sound that the only thing we have to do is to cover over the uh, little button that might be behind the refrigerator door and that that somehow would take care of maybe the compressor and the lights and a lot of different things in the, in the um, refrigerator. That's what he told us, and basically we were pushing that point then. And then when I went home and I worked more on this topic, I came up with some people that I spoke to and material that I read, so it ended up that I had two very important articles, one from the Star-K, which describes their approach to this whole topic and the Shabbos mode that they put into refrigerators and the reason why this is not a simple matter and what they're trying to accomplish. And at the same time, I read an article... Which is not, not a little booklet. I'm sorry, that was uh, both in English and Hebrew. That the English is translated from Hebrew, and I, and that was from the uh, an organization in Israel uh, called Mishmeres Hashabbos, which is affiliated with the Badatz of the Eda Haredes and with the based in of Nisan Karelitz. So this was definitely the most right wing approach that we have, and they are discussing the possibility of using a thing called a subco. A um, subco clock, and the clock being something that uh, which is a little unique, this subco clock, and the fact that you tie it in in the back. In other words, you plug into the subco clock and then to the wall, and the, the, the readout, the, 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 the programming, uh, the setting of the timer is done in the front. And you'll be able to see green lights and red lights telling you what's happening, whether the machine is on or off. And basically, it turns the machine on, turns it off. And this is a product that you could buy in Duties or in any store. Uh, but uh, we mentioned Duties only because this was told to me the name of the store. I'm not trying to push that store for any reason. And it was cost, possibly, it cost about $100. I've never really investigated what they're selling it for and what it looks like there. But uh, anybody who's interested can always go over there. The other uh, choice was a thing called a Hetkin which is being produced in Israel and put into the models of the, uh, of the refrigerators that they're buying from the other countries. And I suppose the ones that are homegrown, that they make on maybe in Israel or they, they were somehow involved within Israel, they have the Hebrew names, those uh, refrigerators have these m- pots inside that control. And it's called a hetken, meaning from the word takana. And this hetkin. Is a uh, machine that basically is going to turn off for Shabbos the entire um, computer setup, so that it's actually not working on Shabbos. Now that's not the way the uh, the way the. Uh, the time clock works, that subco clock, the subco clock is going to say to a few hours on, a few hours, an hour off, and that's going to do that over Shabbos, just for Shabbos, and, or if it's Yomta, just for Shabbos and Yomta, and uh, the, uh, the, the other thing, the Hetkin would be turning off the whole machine for Shabbos, not mach- turned off like it's not keep things cold, the machinery, the computerized stuff, is not going to be uh, operated by opening closing the door. That's, what we gave you here and we said we're going to send all this material plus a little brochure from somebody in America who puts this headcan into your refrigerators and we sent that out to anybody who responded and we got dozens of people coming to us requesting this information. So I'm hopeful it was helpful. Obviously the work passed there and we stressed in the letter that we sent out, the email we sent out, we said, ask your rabbi. We didn't say, to take this side or that side, and you'll see very interesting information that they can read yourself, and you can also give to your own rabbi. That's where I left last week, and anybody who wants to get um, the materials, they can still send to us this week. I'm not going to keep this up forever. because It takes a lot of time in the office. You can send to us. All you have to do is send a request. You say, just refrigerator in the subject line, don't have to type me any letters. Don't thank you. Just write refrigerator in the subject line. Send an email to kashrus at aol.com. K-A-S-H-R-U-S at aol.com. That's it. And we'll send you all this information, which is three, three pieces of material until today. Now we're eating one more piece because during this week I saw... Something And if you didn't get this piece, if you want that, you can also send me an email and get this included. This particular piece is what we're working on as a story in Cassius magazine on the whole topic. And it's a fantastic thing that I found. I don't know why I didn't do this right away. And it's probably the way to go all the time. There's an organization in Israel, which I really do know, called SOMET. Z-O-M-E-T. SOMET. They they don't pronounce it a T-Z, they just do Z-T-A-M-E-T. But in Israel, it's Tzomet, with a Tzadi. So Tzomet is an, is an organization, it's a, an institute, it's got very strong rabbic, rabbinic support, and they're not making any money. This is something that has nothing to do with them. They're talking about refrigerators, and they don't sell refrigerators. They don't sell Hetkins. They don't sell Subcos. They don't sell anything. They don't have anything to do with. And they told us that they don't keep any records of any models. You can't ask them whether your model is this, your model is that. Too bad. We're not going to deal with it. But they gave a fantastic, and I mean really fantastic, overview on the topic and it gave me a lot of different information that I didn't have. And I'm going to share a little bit with you now, but you really should get the article. If you go to Zomet, so, um, uh, if you go to their website, which is zomet.org.il, you'll be able to get it. But if you get my magazine, if you get send it to us, we're basically sending you the same thing. Just that I changed it a little bit. If you want to see the original, original, go to theirs. What I changed is more or less because I'm writing the magazine for all of us, and I have to make a decision what goes in and what doesn't go in. But uh, we recommended all the articles, tell you how to get the articles. And this particular one called Refrigerators on Shabbat from Zomet Institute is available at zomet.org.il. Or you can get it from me, send me the refrigerator, word on the subject line, uh, and just send it to kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. So I'm going to read to you a little teeny piece from here, because this is, explains it very, very clearly. So the, the basically, Zomet is working from the position that thermostat problems are not a problem. Compressor problems are not a problem, which means maybe not the way, you know, the uh, Ada Haredes is saying. They're not really worried about it. In the new models, we have we have problems. He said that they want to say that the heating element, which is some of the thing that was talked to us by other people, that the heating element, they don't consider an issue because the heating element is is only to thaw the ice from the thermostat, and they say that the element doesn't glow. So if it doesn't glow, it's not really, even though it's heat, if it doesn't glow, they said it's not considered to be or on Shabbos. Whether that's true or not, of course, I leave it up to anybody to, any rope to decide. This is an opinion by, held by many people. But what happened now is the following, that the modern refrigerators have fans in the freezer and in the main refrigerator compartment to guarantee an even distribution of the cold air. When the door is opened, the fan goes off. That's what happens. This is typically controlled by a mechanical switch linked to the opening of the door. That switch is easy to locate, and he tells you that what you could do is the following. Technicians can determine if a specific model has a fan or not. Most modern refrigerators do. If so, it can be jammed with a small object that applies constant pressure to it, or it can be covered with masking tape before Shabbos. Many manufacturers supply a standard cover for this switch. And you could get it from the company that makes the refrigerator. Very interesting that he said that. But what they do stress, and this is something that everybody must get, in other words, Solmed is not making any money, and Solmed is not right-wing. It's very, very central, uh, you know, centrist in their philosophy. It affects everybody. They try to be very honest. They're not taking any right-wing approach. If anything, they're more on the liberal side. But they say the following words, digital refrigerators are not recommended for use. They have a micro-mini-computer. Opening the door starts a timer that sounds a buzzer if the door is not closed within two minutes. And it starts in the moment they open the door. They also have an electronic display, which is directly influenced by opening of the door. Disconnecting the display or any other signal light or buzzer Doesn't solve the problem of the electronic mechanism, which continues to send information to the computer, whether the buzzer sounds or not. So they hold that. He says, in most cases, the element that senses the door position is the same switch that controls the fans and the lights and something like that. And therefore, it's possible to confuse the refrigerator and to stuff some little object in all the masking tape. So that sounds so far like it would be okay, even the digital. However, this is almost a quote from the so- SOMET, in some models, the computer receives its own independent information about the status of the door from another sensor, often a magnetic detector, a magnet, which closes a switch when the door is opened and is invisible from the outside. It's usually inside the doorpost because that's the magnet is working inside the machine. In this case jamming the door won't help you. So some companies created a special magnet that trips out of that magnet. Some companies provide an external magnet that can place can be placed on the outside next to the doorpost opposite the internal magnetic sensor. Well, I mean this is this they're supposed to fool the sensor and etc but it's ohms position is they recommend not buying a digital refrigerator unless it can be determined in advance that it's suitable for use on Shabbos. So the digitals, everybody considers to be a problem today. Whether the others are a problem, it depends. There's the the, the position of uh, somebody is a little more liberal here, as I said. Um, you know, uh, obviously, uh, they're trying to do something with the Vod in Baltimore, the Star K is doing something, and the people in Eretz are doing things, and you can read all about it. Now, he describes what's the Mahadran approach, which is the more right-wing, the ones that some people who don't want to open the doors in Shabbos unless something is going on a certain way. Some people are very strict and will not open the door of the refrigerator while it's not working, fearing that to do so will cause the thermostat to turn the compressor on immediately. In order to provide a solution for those who want to take this into account, the companies in Israel have developed a mahadran Shabbos mechanism. And in some cases, it disconnects the thermostat so that the compressor remains on all the time, except when it's during defrosting. Such a mechanism is liable to cause icing in the freezer and interfere with the proper operation of the refrigerator. Other companies developed a special Shabbos control that replaces the thermostat with a fixed on-off cycle. So to sum it up, this is what they said. When you're buying a refrigerator, it's important to make sure that the the service company is willing to provide a mechanism for the the switches on the doors, and digital refrigerators shouldn't be bought unless you you took care of whatever the shopper's issues are there. So if you're interested in getting this little article and um, the other articles, just send us an email at kashras.com. At AOL.com, and just type, just write the word refrigerator or fridge in the subject line. Don't write us anything else. We don't need it, and it's just going to make it uh, more confusing for us. And that, that would solve that. Probably we ought to get that information from us. So that takes care of the entire thing. I'm not going any further into that topic for today. There is another thing that I'm offering, which, again, no money, and it's very important. And I think it's a, it's a different nature. And I think most of my people listening will want to get this. And again, no charge, just an email. Oh well, yeah, that's for the the rules of the kiddish that we prepared. We made up a list. I was asked by one shul to do it, and they, they wanted to post a list of rules for Shabbos, for the kiddish, things that people should know. Who are handling the kiddush? Whether it's the people uh, from the catering, it's, whether it's the, uh, the the hosts, whether it's people who are at the shul, they should know this is these are the rules that the shul is employing. And if people are not doing that, then obviously uh, there's something has to be done about whether it, whether we're going to allow those people to continue to uh, cater uh, in, in the facility. And this is a, it's it's a very helpful thing to have. And rabbanim should see this and get an idea of what is going on, and what could go on, and we have to prevent from happening on Shabbos. So, this is a a, a three-part thing. It's three different pages. One is a posting in the shul, in the kitchen, or wherever they have it, which describes what should be done on a Shabbos Kiddush. And the second part is given to the waiters or the or the if there's a mashkiach, or the waiter should see the second part and the third part is given to the host who we, there are certain things that they should be aware of about uh, how like for example something like uh, uh something that they bring from the house should be it should be designated or put on a special table it shouldn't be uh, mixed together with the other foods, that people shouldn't, that people should know this was a home baked item. This is something you bought on your own. You put for it in yourself. It isn't from the caterer. The, merging it with the rest is is confusing to people and upsetting later on. So that uh, these are just good techniques and things like uh, the question about whether there's Mavushal wine and how to handle certain of the issues with the waiters. There's a lot of the interesting material. Anybody who wants to see this, you don't have to use it. It might be something that you'll want to try to put in your shul. Maybe you'll adjust it. I'm going to send it. uh, We don't normally use Word, but Belinda will send it in a Word document. And this way, uh, you could adjust it yourself. Just don't say it came from us. If you want to use it, you want to discuss it, you want to learn how to Shabbos, whatever you want. Just send us an email. Just say Shabbos, Shabbat, Shabbos. Shabbat, whatever you want to say, I don't care how you spell it. As long as I understand you're asking for Shabbos, or you can write Kiddish, either one, it's fine for me. And just send it to Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at aol dot com. Again, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at aol dot com, and we'll send you that. We're not going to read the, the laws. There the a lot of halachos, and it's con- con- you know not complicated, but. I don't know if it's for the radio show. And at the present time, we're not printing the information. But uh, in some form, it will probably enter into the uh, magazine. But right now, this is something just special for my J Root listeners. I wanted to share with you um, uh, two things that came up this week. And then I'd like to open up the radio show to anybody who wants to text in or call in. Our telephone number is 718-683-5858. Again, seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, or text us at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. You can talk about any Kashrus related topic, and we hope to be able to, uh, you know, answer your questions or hear your comments. First thing I want to tell you about is something that happened this week. One of my uh, p- people who wanted to come to my shiurim is a. Uh, it comes on the Sunday shear, which right now we're learning Hidr Shabbos. on the Sunday shear. If anybody wants to learn Hidr Shabbos, we have a shi'er from 10 to, uh, it's about 10 to 11.45 on Sunday mornings at 1358 East 13th Street between Eviews M and N. Um, that's that she has been going on for years, learning Eredeia. But now we're doing Hilchus Shabbos, and we're doing Hilchus Bishul. But this question came up over here. It's interesting, this person pointed out that there was an affair recently, and one of the uh, people who was a uh, guest has sharp eyes, and they saw that the silverware on the table had little stickers on it. That means that it was never titled, or if it was titled, they never took the stickers off. So they realized this doesn't sound proper, and they walked into the kitchen and went to the Mashgir. And Mashgir says, Teuvl, everything here is Teuvl, of course. They showed him the silverware, and he's, oh no. What happened? It seems that they have a locked area, which had something in it, which one of the waiters needed, and he asked for the, uh, for the key to open that up. So when he opened up that cabinet, Inside was silverware that had never been titled, and they took that silverware and they put it on the table. So he didn't; he was unknown at that time. He had to remove it from the tables. But that's the kind of thing that can occur. Years ago, I heard from one of the cashless agencies a very interesting story. Unfortunately, they hadn't been; they hadn't expected it. But what happened was, a uh, an owner, a non-religious Jewish owner, had uh, taken. The uh, kalim, maybe maybe it means pots and pans, or maybe it means the silverware and the dishes. Whatever it was, he took it f- over the weekend for a party that he ran Shabbos at the beach. So he cooked up the food and served it. Uh, maybe he cooked it, maybe somebody else cooked it. It was cooked on Shabbos and, the, on the, and served. And the kalim that uh, came from his uh, kosher, glatt kosher establishment. So first of all, it was Treif. Secondly, it was bishol, maybe Bishlachim, and it was, uh, was, uh, it was, it was, it was Mysore Shabbos. And, and anyway, this is not what it's gonna be. So from then on, the kashrus agency realized that it's not good enough to lock up the refrigerator. They have to lock up all the kalim. I don't think that all the kashvist agencies know what I just told you. And if you, it's a mitzvah to far Seim. If you run into a kashvist agency, ask them that question. And one of the rabbis who gives hashkocha, are you aware, do you have any non-religious owners of catering or restaurants? Yes. So do you lock up the kalim or just the refrigerator? Do you lock up all the utensils or you just lock up the refrigerator? Very important question to ask. Unfortunately, we see that this really does occur. I see well, the whole board is lit up, so just before you'll be Michael me, I want to say a word about our sponsor, which is Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. Glotmart has been servicing the neighborhood for 35 years. And um, at Glatmart they have some fantastic specials. I'm going to just uh, touch on a few of the ones that are starting on Wednesday. We have family pack beef stew $7.99 a pound. Veal spare ribs $8.49 a pound. Minute steak roast 11.99 a pound. Family pack neck and skirt ground beef $6.99 a pound. And Wise Organic Chickens, whole accorded $3.99 a pound. Those are some of the items that are on sale this week at Glotmart. And at Glotmart, you're getting quality cashews. Quality, meats is, uh, the meats is, quality of the Meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and Nevada Koshwis of Flatbush, with Baseo Safe Meats, and with expert Nikor, at Glottmart, you're getting quality Kashrus. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glatt-Mart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on J, on the Kashrus on the air over J-Root Radio. And now we'll get to our busy phones. Go ahead. You're on the air. Can we help you? Yes, hello. Yes, go ahead, please. Yes, uh, let me ask you, first of all, I heard about the refrigerator on Shabbos problem, that there is a device that I could get maybe from Israel or someplace. let It's called the head. Can, me the, we, we mentioned that there's two things. So if you'll send... I don't really... The gentleman didn't want me to go mentioning his name and the telephone number over the air. But if you'll send me that email... Or have somebody else send the email his name and telephone not his name his telephone number is the contact information is there a gentleman in Lakewood he does come to Brooklyn he does insert it it costs you about about three hundred dollars total and that's the mis- the piece and the and the insertion of it it's an up-to-date model of the Hetkin and you can I would say before I do that I would look at the material that I have and speak to your of and if that is your decision then that is a very good uh, responsible. That, that device is called Hetkin. Hetkin, you 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 can buy it. Somebody in in Square, in New Square, also deals with it. I don't know who it is, but somebody in New Square does it. This gentleman I know is in Lakewood. Um, you might find another source for it, or you might look into the Subco. Get the material. Look at it. Okay, it's not hard. Okay, another question. And, and on, discuss on it with your rub. The, What's it? Um, but Discuss berries. it with your rub. Don't um, do not do it on your own. Don't, don't don't take this on for yourself on your own because, A, it costs money. B, maybe it doesn't do well for the machinery. I don't know. I don't want any responsibility for that. You should be mocking me and make This is a shiloh for a rub, and it's a complicated issue. The rub should know the information that you've discovered. Very good. Uh, and another question? Yes. On how to to check the um, the strawberries? As, as I understand is, if I'm going to cut off the head and wash it well, it should be clean. Is that okay? That's not the acceptable. That's not the procedure that's used on the more side. The more side, Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi David Goldstein. And that's what we espouse over here, is, is that you can't use strawberries at the present time. Now, now does that, everybody say that? No, you see, you can go and look in products in the store. You'll see hashgachas on it. You'll see people using it. You'll see it in some of the, uh, uh, you know, in the baskets, and you'll see it here, there. You'll see it around. But we don't uh, 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 subscribe to that. That's not our feeling. Again, am, am I a knowledgeable person in this? No. I, I can I tell you for sure anything? No. I could tell you what the Mavenum are saying today that it isn't possible to properly check strawberries. What about the other people? Why is there a machlake well? Okay, so this is this is what makes Kashus very, very interesting. Very good. I'd nice. You're doing a great job. Thank Keep you. it up. Thank you, Carlton. Go ahead. You're on Kashus on the air. Can we help you? Yes. Um I I wanted to, this is not exactly a shilo. But I wanted to ask you that there was a conference last night in Flatbush or no, OU conference on uh, on Katzris, and I was wondering why you, you haven't mentioned anything about in the air or uh, the subject matter that was discussed there. Uh, is there if there's a reason for it? Can you explain that? I can tell you why I didn't discuss anything discussed there. I wasn't there. I gave a share at that time. As far as not mentioning on the air, they didn't uh, send me anything. I, I saw a flyer h- handed around, but uh, you, you're right. I Had I put two and two together, uh, I would have uh, mentioned it on the air. Obviously, what they had was, I'm sure, fantastic. I know that they have very high-quality people. I did see the flyer. I did see the names on there, but I didn't uh, put two and two together and announce it. I don't think I even knew about it last week when the show appeared. I think J.R.G. Radio, uh, Radio announced. Hello? It. Oh, yeah, was oh, it was hello? Yeah, it not also, you had mentioned just now about strawberries, that it's not possible to, by Urave and others, not uh, to be able to inspect strawberries or clean them for from bugs. There was a speaker there <laughs> uh, that said that you were, that you are able to. he gave the procedure and they even gave out cards, to, I think, to that effect. Um, okay, so is, let would me, you let me, say that that person is a some Chudas? Rabbi Rabbi one second. Hold on one second. Rabbi Yaman. That I'm going to explain to you a very deep question. This question is something that should have bothered you all the years that you've been learning Torah. How could it be that there's a machleikas in mitzias? How could it be that Rashi says this way, and Taisa says this way, and the third and the fourth opinion? There are four sheetas about Shishim and Tam there's four sheetas I'm just going to explain it briefly in English there are four approaches as to whether or not you need to have 60 times the prohibited substance in the food and and whether you should have a non-Jew taste it to make sure that it doesn't have any taste some Rishonim hold, you need both you need 60 but it's not good enough Sixty is the entry level, but you have to have the tasting also. Others say tasting is better than than uh, than the sixty. And and and, and this two more this as well. So we know that in some cases you have to have uh, sheesh and You can't do tasting. For example, it's something that uh, is trafe, and so you can uh, you know you, you uh, and you can't taste it yourself, but you can get a goy. But, is, but the reason you can't get shishim is because you don't know if there's shishim or not. Can you rely on a tasting? And there's, there's certain things that you can do with shishim. There are, there are exceptions in both, in both ways. But how could there be a machleikas? How could the rabbis, the Rambam and the Rashi and the other Rishonim, Taisvis and the other Rishonim, how could they argue about whether you need 60 or you don't need 60? It's a simple thing. If it need, if it then you don't, then it don't taste so it should be good if you, don't, if it, if you taste it and, 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 and if it isn't 60 it should be this why don't, why, how can we make this machleikas so the answer is as follows this is the answer to every one of the questions you're going to have like this whenever you see two rabbis arguing on something that is what you call mitzies, that you should be able to see with your own eye how could they argue and the answer is simple it's a question of degree According to Rashi, you always have to have sixty. It's the entry level, because to him the tasting isn't perfect. You know, it could be you don't taste it, and still there's something in there that is it. It, it hasn't gone away. So what they're saying is one one tastes it. They all taste the same. Put if it was a table with all the rabbinim sitting on it everyone would taste exactly the same. It's not one of the better taste buds than the other. What they're going to say is, though, one is going to say, that's not a taste. That's not a Tom that the Torah forbids. And the other one will say, that is the tam that the Torah forbids. So they're arguing not about Matzias. They're arguing on the implications. So again, we're not arguing with the other side about whether they claim they can clean it. And Rabbi Bayer is saying it can't be cleaned. Does that mean that... Uh, one is right and one is wrong, and it's a simple matter of fact. So why don't we just go to Rabbi Vay in Israel, let all the people go down who know that the trick, that how to check it, show him how, and, say, and he'll have to say, uncle, you have to give in. The answer is very simple. It doesn't work that way. Some amount of insects do get through. Is that number significant? Or not significant. That's the shiloh. It's not a question of nobody can clean anything by dunking in water and putting uh, and putting soap on it and guarantee you anything. If they are, if they guarantee it, they're they're not telling you the truth. They cannot guarantee anything. Not from washing once and twice and three and five times. There is no guarantees in life. It can't be. LMI, they're saying the chances are close to nil. So their question is, how close to nil is it? That is the Shiloh Rabbi Vai is saying there's too much left after all that washing, and they're saying enough comes off that it's okay. And you know and I know that the same thing happens when they go and make the vegetables in the uh, factories. That some of the people who are making vegetables in factories say, we got enough out of here. And others say, We have to have 100% clean. Why do they say 100% clean? Halacha doesn't require 100% clean. No, but you're skirting the area. Now you're allowing a certain percent in. And you're only doing a a certain percent of checking. So isn't it possible you got, yeah, but it's not likely. Oh, now that's the gray area. That's what we're arguing about. We're arguing (laughs) about gray. We're not arguing black and white. If it was black and white, then Rabbi Vai would be would be murder. and if it was the other way, they would be to Rabbi Va'yah. We're talking about a gray area. All the machlekesin about such a situation of about a mitzias about something that we should be able to see with a naked eye is not a question of is it or isn't it. It's a question of what what we see is that significant or not significant. Okay, Benjamin. Yes, I do it. Yes, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for calling. Okay. I don't see anybody else on. You have no one coming. Sorry, you're on the air. Anybody else wants to call? The phones are available. It's 718-683-5858. And you can text us at 347-927-8398. Again, the phone number here is 718-683-5858. Go ahead, please. Hello? You're on the air. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Um, I have a question regarding kashris of liver. Um, I saw in a store that, uh, they sell in a package uh, liver, and it said, um, "Please ask your rabbi about uh regarding koshering. Kashering." Um, I heard somewhere that there's a 72-hour limit on Kashering, and you you if you're not Kashered within that time, it's not Kosher. And the question is, it didn't say anywhere on the package when when the Shchita was done. This is chicken liver, and it didn't say anything about uh, when when it has to be done by, and it's just said, ask your rabbi. So I want to ask. Okay, so you're you're you're, you're, you're asking a very good question, and years gone by, this was something that was handled on the level of the uh, of the of the shrite, of of the or the store, the butcher store. The problem is like this: chicken liver is you know a beef is shechted a certain day, and the signs on it when it was shifted, it's delivered to the store. Actually, it does isn't done that anymore. I mean, basically today, what's really big done today is that it's all, it's all processed in the uh, schlacht house, in, in the slaughterhouse. When they ship the meat boxed, they don't have it hanging meat the way it used to be. But in certain cases, you could find it, and the best example would be right here in, in Glotmart that does get meat that's hanging meat. So in those days, when they used to come hanging meat, so you would find a uh, a side of beef, and it would have it etched into the actual meat. It would say the day of the week that they and the Shabbos of the of that Shabbos of that week, so that you would know that the meat was done in the last three days, and that was how it was handled in the old days. Today, as I said, the boxed meat they don't have the problem. So when they ship down, let's say a whole liver of uh, from a from a calf's liver, they will tell. This was sheikhed this day, and you will have to know that information. The chicken livers are very hard because there's thousands and thousands of these chicken livers that are sitting in some kind of a container, and, uh, and they, uh, they're sending them in bulk you know, to people. It's not something that they can identify which chicken was sh- that, that liver from. It, there's, not an, there's no direct connection anymore. It's, it's very hard to know what's from which day. So if you're talking about a company... Like Meal Mart, that does the own, their own Srita and they and they ship their things to the Meal Mart stores, so they take care of that with the chicken livers, and you don't have to worry. Other places that, like you're talking about, that are selling you in the store chicken livers that weren't kosher they weren't kashered, or they were, it says weren't kosher or were kashered. It said it was not kashered okay. and it required right. kashering. Okay, so the chances are very very likely by the time you bought it. It's after the three days. But it, I can't guarantee you, but that's something and you can ask the person in the store, but more or less likely. We're talking about after three days. You're certain. So the question isn't whether you can kosher it. It's not whether it's kosher or not. That liver can be koshered by broiling if you know how to do it. I, you should, you know, you have to have a little bit of education. You to open a safer uh, law and, and get, get the laws of koshering. It's, it's uh, not complicated, but you have to have a way for the blood to escape. And you have to put, turn it on. You have to cut it and put a little salt on it. You have to know how the lock If you don't know how is, you got to look it up. But you're not complicated. You're going to kosher the liver. And after you kosher the liver, according to most authorities, you can't saute it in onions. You can't cook it. You have to eat it broiled. Cooking afterwards, we're afraid might take out some blood that didn't come out in the, soil, in the, in the broiling. That's the concern by liver. If it its sat for three days. If you remember, I don't know if you remember, there's a din of three day old meat. You have to salt the meat within three days. If you don't do that, then the salting process is not going to work properly anymore. So what they do is they wash down the meat and extend the time, but you really have to do it within three days. That's with meat. But now we're talking about broiling liver and taking out a lot of the blood. That does work, and it's fine, and doesn't have to be within three days. But the problem is, can you then cook it afterwards? Okay? okay so, so it's okay for the store to be selling it this way? The, uh, yes, it's, it's okay for the store to sell it because they can always say that they hold like the other rub. That's why I told you ask your rub, because he, the, the, your Rav might say, you could, uh, you could saute it afterwards. He might say it. You know, again, it's the different, uh, the different opinions in halacha. That's why they're saying that to you. And they want you to know this. They don't, want to, they don't want to fool you. They're trying to be honest. It's 100% acceptable what they're doing. In fact, I would say it's nice that they're doing it that way rather than just playing dumb. Because a lot of times when um, you buy liver, whether it's been broiled or not broiled or whatever it is, there's no communication between the store and you. And that, I think, is one. I think this is much, much, much better. Okay? Thank you for calling. Thank you very much. Thank you. Go ahead. you're on is on the air. Can Hi. Um. In my school, we have like a dairy microwave, and people use it for meat. Are you still allowed to use it? Oh no, no, no! One second. You're in a yeshiva. I mean, on your base, Yaakov? Yeah. You should speak to somebody there and tell them this going on. This is not a not acceptable. Un- no, because it's only for eighth grade, and we like you, some kids use it for meat. Are you allowed to use but it? But you have a moral, You have somebody of a menaheles. You got to speak to right them. Right, we do, but like they're not always watching. But the, but you got to tell them there has to be a rule in the school. You're asking me. See, you're asking, <laughs> you're asking a very hard question. I don't want to. I'm going to answer you, but I if you really want to discuss it, you should get to me on the phone and talk to me about it because the specific issue might be slightly different for each. You know, each case. The regularly we say as follows. This is my Rebbe's opinion. That was Rav Zim and Zatzal. He held that you cannot kosher a microwave. And he, didn't, he, he felt if it became trepid, you have to just give it up. So it's not simple. There are people who hold you can kosher it. So you should go to the Menaheles. You, should you tell can't them, use it. You should go to the Menaheles. You should tell the problem. You should say you spoke to me. You should say it's a Shiloh. That they should ask a Rav. And they should make some rule. And if, if either they're going to replace the, uh, the, the microwave or they're going to have to uh, make sure that they control it properly and uh, kosher it properly. that You have to bring it up to the menahelis. It's not for you and me to talk and for you to tell the girls this and that and the other thing. This is something that has to be handled in the school by the proper authorities. It should not be allowed to be used for milchiks and flasheiks. Definitely not. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling and listening. Uh-huh. Okay, another caller. Go ahead. You're on. Is on the air. Can I help you? Hello? You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi, does flour in America need to be sifted? Yes and no. No. Again, I can definitely not say that you have to sift it. Yes, I can say that there are issues that it, it would be beneficial to do it, but I cannot make anybody do that. I don't think it's on that level in America. I will say, and I've said it many times, that the flour in the uh, in, in, in the uh, bakeries should definitely be sifted because, unfortunately, they, the way it's stored in the bakeries with the 100-pound sacks, they definitely get insects inside, and I've seen it myself in the sifting machines where there's insects that are trapped in there. I saw it in Israel. I saw it in America, and it definitely is, is real. Uh, our uh, situations in our houses with our little five-pound bags May not be as big a problem. I will say one thing though, if you take your uh, if you take your flour and put it in the cabinet with all the other foods that are sitting there, you're inviting yourself to uh, trouble. The best is to refrigerate it or freeze it, but if you're going to leave it lying around uh, weeks and months at a time, more than likely you're going to have insects in there. So I would definitely recommend uh, a quick use, a, a refrigerated or, or frozen. Or, you know, sifting. I mean, I, many people do sift, but I could not tell people that they should sift. I can't do that. Okay? So is that a chumrah to sift? Uh, it's a khumrah a that some people have and some people don't have, and I don't want to make the people who don't do it think that they're doing something. I'm all nervous, nervous, nervous. You know, you, there's there's a there's a limit to how much I, one of my people can nervous. I I don't think you should become nervous over it. If you want, if you're a, a, you know a, a careful person and you want to take this on, uh, fine. It just you should know it's a little bit time consuming and and, and you know and strained. That's all. What's different with the flour here in Earth Again, it's now. a question of how. Like I just told you about in the bakeries. I mean, I don't know the exact situation today in Israel. I just know that a lot of people in Israel do sift, and I saw the amount of insects and bugs and flies and stuff that was going around in Israel. I think you're, a, I think you're more exposed because of the warmer climate. You're more, more potential of getting insects in there. That's definitely what I feel. What I've seen. Okay, I, I, I saw. I saw insects in factories over there, in bakeries over there, I can't believe it, I can't, I, I'm sure in America they wouldn't allow what, what, I, what I saw in Israel, and, and I, I, I went to a bakery, and I pointed out uh, to, to the, the Mashkiach, and in the area which, where these bugs were being trapped, and he didn't know about that specific spot, I, I showed it to him, he was shocked when I showed it to him, and he had a serious number of insects that are floating around over there, which you don't really have so much in America, Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Just, just to comment on that one step further before we take the next caller, you know, a lot of people don't realize that when you buy uh, these vegetables that come, uh, these salads that are made in Israel with the very good Ashkoshes, they always say wash them off. And sometimes they even say wash them with a little soap. Why you have to wash them off? They're kosher, aren't they? The answer is there's so many flies and things going on in Israel. That they can get in the packaging facility. So they said we took care of the little bugs. Now we can take care of, but we can't take care of the big bugs. Now in America that wouldn't fly. Pa- uh, joke. Uh, pardon the excuse. Pardon the joke. But they wouldn't. That, that wouldn't work over here in America. Go ahead. Next caller, please. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yes. Uh, I want to ask you about um, Klein's natural sunflower seeds, the whole old ones. Again, we don't like to comment on particular brand names. You want to know, where oh, sunfl- you want to know about sunflower <laughs> seeds. So sunflower yeah, it seeds. Says, it says we're lip up with slime. Oh, so, you, so that's very honest. That's honest, isn't it? Because... So yeah, it's, it's a it, CRC. Okay. Um, you could have 20 ashkakhas. No, it doesn't matter. Because you could have uh-huh. 20 ashkakhas, and you cannot stop insects from getting into the kinds of things that we're talking about, like flour, and uh, macaroni, and rice, and uh, you know, you know, it's the seeds that you're talking about. It's impossible to stop insects from getting into these things. So, what, mm-hmm. what you have to do is examine. I don't have the book in front of me now. You can by his book. You should get it in English. It's called Vedicus uh, and uh, 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 It's available in, mm-hmm. in English. And he, uh, he, he describes how to, how to check for these things. But you're looking for little nibbles and little cracks in the. Uh, if you don't have any, the little nibbles, the little cracks, or any loose uh, sediment at the bottom that, that is questionable, then there is no reason to be concerned. But that's mm-hmm. the, the checking. So isn't, you're saying like cracked, like the seeds are a little bit cracked. Right. So I, this is something I can't describe over the phone. We, uh. we, the right thing to do is to take a look. If you don't own the book, you should look at somebody else's copy. It's called Badika's not uh, Hamozon. <laughs> it's by Rabbi Moshe Vaya. It's in English. And it and he it, it shows the pictures there. You want to look at that picture, you'll know just what to do. But to uh-huh. describe it over the phone and you're, you're hearing it or, or, orally won't work. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any of these pictures in my uh-huh. computer. And Rabbi Wickler mentioned um, Rice. What, what was the same story? Or should I no, look no, in this no. Book? And again, here... Let's let's just take all of it together. Rice, uh, pasta, uh, mm-hmm. you know anything you want. It's very good that when you before you put it in to cook, that you put it on a plate, take a just a quick look and throw it into the uh, the pot, uh-huh. and then and then before you watch the water when it gets boiled up, see if you don't see mm-hmm. anything rising to the top. But if you uh-huh. don't see anything rising to the top, which would be the little bugs, then then you and you don't see anything with a, a quick visual, then you're good mm-hmm. to go. It's also helpful, especially when you use the whole package to check the package because in the package at the bottom there's little sediment, little pieces of whatever it is, and sometimes in that you could see live bugs. So uh-huh. you, you have to. You, this is real world. It hasn't have to do with hashkacha, no hashkacha. The store you bought in the store you done that. It's going to happen in the storing process. We can't stop this. The mm-hmm. halakha is very clear. Unless we have a significant amount, and we tell you you must check and must do this and must do that and scripts etc. So if we don't tell you you have to do it, then you could just go ahead as business as usual. But if you see Correct. something, then you have problems. So it's mm-hmm. good to prevent that by a brief look on a white plate, any of these right. kinds of things. Okay. Okay, Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for calling. Okay, your next caller, go. Young is on the air. You're on the air. If you can turn down your machine, you can listen to us. We can't hear you unless you turn off the machine. Are you there? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Please turn down your machine and turn, okay? Okay, sorry, one second. I'm going to shut it. Hold on just one second. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't see anybody uh, um, uh, claiming that anybody, um, did, uh, like, anybody uh, mix. I didn't know it said, it said cranberry mix. I didn't realize it had um, raisins in it, and there's nuts also. Um, am I allowed to eat the nuts if I check them yes. truly, or if there's you don't raisins inside do whole thing I shouldn't eat? What nuts you talking What kind of nuts? Peanuts? Um, no, like older for nuts. it has like all different nuts. It's like a mix. I don't but know. The, like, the, the, not, the only nuts you have to worry about in that mix are the, are the um, <laughs> what do you call it, the... Uh, I don't remember the names. Cashews, yeah, <laughs> I remember the C, but I couldn't remember the rest of the name. Cashews, but the regular other nuts, I wouldn't have to worry about. And yes, you can yeah. eat the meat without checking anything. Yeah, and then there, I'm saying, and then the, there was like white raisins. Also, those are the same thing as normal raisins. We, the people who are machmir are machmir and all raisins. Oh, and the, the cranberries are fine. Correct. Okay, fine. Thank you so much. I Thank really so enjoy well. your show. Thank you very much for listening. Go ahead. You want cashews on the air? Can we help you? Yeah. Um. The are the do the chapsticks need a Heksher? A hachshar? Chapsticks don't need a Heksher. but if you could get one that's a plain one, uh, or, then it's better because you don't have uh, you're not going to have any taste going into your mouth when you would have a hot drink. But if you put chapstick on not right before you eat, there shouldn't be any concern at all. Okay, we're not talking about pesach now, but for regular. Daily use, not shabbos, of course. That's a different shayla. What about flavor? So I'm saying, if you want to take the flavored, you know, I I would prefer you didn't. But if you want the flavored, then I'll give you a go ahead. But you should put it on, not right before you eat. In other words, an hour, not not within an hour of eating. Okay. Otherwise, uh, you know, don't worry about it because we don't consider it to be trite. We don't consider you're eating it, and we don't eat it. we're not going to worry so much. So, uh, yeah, I give you the header to do that, but I don't want you to do it right before you eat. Okay? Okay. What, what school are you in? Hamblin. Oh, very nice. What grade? Sixth. Thank you very much for listening, thank you for calling. And keep learning, okay? Take care. Bye. Okay, we have another caller. Okay. Um, go ahead, please. You're on Koshers you're on the air. Go ahead, please. You're on the air. Can you turn down your radio? Yes, hi. Yeah. I have a question. Are cranberries in a pack, how do you kosher them? Cranberries in a pack? Yeah, the ones that, you know, the real cranberries, not frozen. Yeah, so like loose ones in don't, the pack. I, like don't believe, I don't believe we have any concerns about cranberries. No concerns. So I can I mean, wash if you, if it if and it isn't, you know, if, if I put it in the is, freezer and then I just it, can wash and use yeah, it in the food and If it's not processed, I I if it's not processed, if it's just plain you know cranberries, all they did is wash it. I don't believe there's anything else there. Okay, thank you. If you, you so see much. another ingredient or it says something in the processing there, then I can't I, I I can't you know, and it would be different. But if you don't see anything but ingredients cranberries, then I don't see any problem if it's okay. Yeah, and one more question on sure. uh, broccoli. We also cannot use, right? I mean, how do you pressure it if you do use yeah, it? You no, know, no, broccoli. You know, even the people who are lenient with all the other things, broccoli is, in my humble estimation, is the worst possible. Although people tell me you can get in bad spinach and bad this and bad that. Yeah, they always tell me all the stories, but I know with my own eyes what's in broccoli. It is impossible to guarantee that broccoli is kosher. What they told you to do in the old days is take the broccoli, put it in the water, and bang it against the sides. And then examine the water. But they always found something in the water. So they said, well, then put it in the water again and bang it on the sides until you can get out, you know, getting it out of the in between, uh, in between the florets. And then you did it again and again. I have one fellow who was a mashkiach, and he, they told him to keep this up. He was doing it seven times, banging away. And he's a, this is a strong guy. He was banging these things away, and he kept finding more bugs. So he, uh, finally, one time, he didn't find any more. So they said, use it. Now, that's called a guarantee that there's no bugs there. It's ridiculous. The chances are more than likely that if he would have banged a little harder or one more time, something would have come out. It's sort of a really very funny approach to say, you know, seven times we failed. If at first you don't succeed, try, 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 try until we can fool ourselves. That's basically what they're doing. So I don't think it's humanly possible to do it. what's being done by the places that do give hashkoch on broccoli is that they grow it separately. Sometimes they go to extreme extents to grow it in a place where it can't get bugs, and they keep examining it. And that is a system that they feel works because they say it's starting out as a clean product. But but for you to buy in the store and to check it, is impossible in my humble estimation it's a, it's a waste of time if you want to use the approach these other people have so they say if you bang it the right way but you should be trained and you're in the water and you check the water but you have to be trained how to check the water because you just can't look with the naked eye you gotta pour it through a sifter through a uh a little cloth examine the cloth and if you then don't see anything then they say that it should be fine i say you probably didn't bang it enough you didn't try hard enough Okay. Thank you very it's much. Same for the same applies to cauliflower. The same thing, right? Cauliflower is a different issues, but it's the same problem. They're inside. Same they're problem, deeply embedded, right? and it's very hard to get them clean. The ones that come with the proper haskochas, I can't tell you which haskocha, but ones that come with a uh, with a competent haskocha, they can. They're claiming that they have gotten a clean varieties to start with. Not that they washed it that they got a clean variety to start with. If it doesn't have a high-quality ashkocha, that you are satisfied, did that work, then don't buy it. But the, 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 thank the, you, the thank you for The frozen ones, you know, the frozen... We um, don't make a distinction. Uh, because they, no, I know that they have a distinct hashkocha achsh- achsh- on this, and... Uh, a hershe is not enough. It has to be a hashkocha that really takes this seriously. You call them, I, I have a... There's a rav. I'm not going to give away any information. This rav is viewed as big man in in the field of kashris and in insects and then etc and paskin shilas and everything a whole big deal and he told me the following regarding a certain product he said we don't get all the bugs out but we do better than a woman in flatbush checking for herself so what we're finished time out okay Oh, ending. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm, I didn't realize we're, we're we're over time. And everyone should have a wonderful week. We'll join you again next week. Any the anybody who would like to get the either the refrigerator report or the Shabbos Kiddish report, send an email to us at kashris, Kashrus k a s h r u s at AOL.com. com. And thank you very much. Have a good week. www dot com. The preferred radio station for the Jewish home.